And here we go. It is the Detroiter, folks. We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, presented by the Second String and the SecondString.com, covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Hope everybody's doing phenomenally on this Tuesday morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day it may be. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for thinking of us and supporting. Not a ton. Not a ton to get into. I got to say, this feels like the first Tuesday where there hasn't been a huge storyline to come on here and just run my mouth about. feels like the first Tuesday where there isn't even multiple things. I mean, first Saturday without college football, right? First Sunday, Lions got the win out of the way. Even if they had won this weekend against the Broncos, wasn't going to quite be the same. Like, we've kind of done everything as far as this football season goes. It's over now. Now we got to wait till December 30th to watch MSU again. We got to wait, I think, is it January 1st or Chris, or uh, New Year's Eve when Michigan plays? Either way, we have to wait till the end of December to see either team play again. Um, as far as the lines go, like I said, they got the win out of the way. So now it's fucking cruise control. Just put me down. Take me behind the shed. Load up the 12-gauge. Put me down. Wake me up when the new season starts. Wake me up in April when we're about to select Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson first overall. That's where we're at as far as the football teams go. Basketball, I mean, dude, the fucking Pistons are so bad. The Pistons are so bad. I did an episode last week really just going in. Not the whole episode, but a good like 20 minutes, I want to say it was. Just going in on the Pistons, talking about will they ever be good? Is it possible that they can be good? Like fucking is it? Is it? It's been 12 years since they've been remotely interesting and they somehow keep getting worse. They were the worst team in the NBA last year. They got a number one pick. They got the guy that's supposed to save the franchise. And I get, I mean, this isn't like an indictment of Cade because he's actually been awesome and they still fucking stink, which makes me wonder, dude, imagine if they didn't get Cade Cunningham. I mean, he's balling out. He had the first four or five games. He had to warm up. He didn't play right off the bat. Since then, he's just been an all-star. <laughs> this kid's 19 years old. He's just been a great player, best player on the team, and they still can't win a single fucking game, dude. They're so bad. They're so bad. And they were bad a week ago when I talked about them. And it, in some way, somehow, it feels like they've gotten worse, if you can believe that. It feels like they've gotten worse, and I don't understand how that could be possible in a week's time. They've gotten worse. They lost to the Pelicans. They lost to the Pelicans. If there's one team in the NBA that's maybe worse than the Detroit Pistons, I guess Houston, but the New Orleans Pelicans, also a joke. Also a team that just cannot find a way to be relevant. They beat the Pistons. They played Brooklyn the other night. Kevin Durant, eh, 50-piece, it's whatever, it's Detroit. I guess I'll, you know, that's a, that's a circle the date game for KD where he's like, oh, I've always wanted to score 100 points in a game. You play the Pistons, that's a circle of the day game. And you know what's fucking sad? Cade Cunningham played unbelievably. I think the game was last night. Cade Cunningham played unbelievably. Yeah, didn't matter. Doesn't matter. Who cares? KD, 51 piece. You're the Pistons. You guys stink. Go home. Take this out. I mean, they're so, so, so bad. It's, it's, 
it's fucking the worst because it's not even like I'm not living and dying with the Pistons. And I've made this clear multiple times. I'm not sitting here with bated breath waiting every night for the Pistons to play. I don't go to bed in a bad mood when they lose. I'm not bouncing off the walls when they win. Like, I'm pretty indifferent. But it would be really sweet to have an NBA team that is mildly interesting, that is mildly fun to follow. Like, even if they were a 500 team, I still wouldn't be watching every night. You know what? I'd probably watch a couple games, though. I'd probably be more inclined, like, all right, Friday night, maybe you're having a couple beers before you go out, or in Tuesday night, you're not doing shit. All right, I'll throw the Pistons on. I'd be more inclined to do that if they were 500. Like, I'd follow along. I'd read an article here and there about Cade Cunningham. I'd talk about them more on this podcast. I'd, I'd make some more TikToks about Cade and the team if they were 500. They're so, so bad. I can't even let alone watch them, let alone dedicate two and a half, three hours a night to watch them. I can't even get myself to care enough to click on a fucking website link talking about the Pistons. I think about, oh, you know, I haven't made anything talking about the Pistons in two weeks. Should I talk about, should I just a 60 second TikTok? I'm not sitting down for an hour and recording a podcast. Should I make a 60 second TikTok about the Pistons? It's been two weeks. My page solely revolves around Detroit and Michigan. Should I make 60 seconds talking about the NBA team once a week or once every two weeks? Nah, it's probably not. Who cares? I don't care. So why would anyone else care? Like that is so sad that we're at that point. And we've been at that point since I was in elementary since 2009. Like just nobody fucking cares. What am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? The story around the Pistons this Monday morning, I'm recording this on Monday. The story around the Pistons today is a former Piston, former Piston great, I suppose. Dave Bing went on the broadcast last night and was trashing our first overall pick, the only redeeming quality of this franchise, the only real thing to be like pretty excited for, the only real thing that you can point to and say, it's bad now, but because of him or because of that, maybe it'll get better. The only beacon of light when it comes to basketball in Detroit, the story around the Pistons today is Dave Bing going on the Pistons broadcast, not the national broadcast, not the Brooklyn Nets broadcast, going on the Pistons broadcast and roasting Cade Cunningham. Talking about how, yeah, he's a pretty good player, but you can't build around. Talking about how the guy who we just took in the first overall pick, first overall pick we've had in how long? I don't even know the last time. the Pist- Have the Pistons ever had a first overall pick? Talking about how they can't build around him. Talking about how, yeah, he's a pretty good player, but he's not that guy. Talking about how he's, we need more. We need someone else to build around. Essentially saying, oh, it's been great. Like you thought it was, you thought you were excited. You thought the dark days were over because you got the first overall pick and you got someone you think will be the guy. The story around the Pistons today is how a former Pistons legend is telling fans that actually isn't the guy. And cool your jets now. You shouldn't be so excited. That's where we're at with the Detroit Pistons. Those are the kind of headlines surrounding this team. It's not even January 1st. It's not even the new year. And we've got former Pistons roasting our first overall pick. Now, 
I'm not saying I agree with Dave Bing and it's like, yeah, he's right. That's the sad part. I think that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard, especially it's funny too, because he's doing that. And Kate had an unbelievable game last night. So it's like, Hey Dave, you senile bastard, maybe shut your mouth. You have no clue what you're talking about. And if you're going to run your mouth and dog on the Pistons first overall pick, I don't know. Maybe don't do it on the Detroit Pistons broadcast. Maybe don't do it there. That probably isn't the best place. The fans, the people that are listening to you, probably don't want to hear how some old dude they don't give a fuck about thinks their first overall pick isn't that good. Just a hunch. I, I Just a hunch. They probably don't want to hear that. Maybe do that on your podcast. Maybe fucking sit down, write yourself a newspaper, open up a blog, and then Creed Thoughts, DaveBingThoughts.com. Do that shit there. Eh, maybe not on the Detroit Pistons broadcast where you're speaking to thousands, tens of thousands of people who had nothing to cheer for all season. have had nothing to cheer for in about 12 seasons. And they finally have one thing, one thing to cheer for. Mind you still doesn't matter. Their team still is the worst. They still lose every single night. They have one thing to cheer for a 19 year old who's playing beyond his years. Who's like maybe an all-star who's kind of build or doing everything he was built to be. Like if this is year one of Cade and he's surrounded by bums, imagine like getting him help. Imagine getting him another good player to play with. I don't know. Maybe imagine him in his third year in the league where it is in his 15th game as an NBA player. Just a thought. They probably don't want to hear you bag on the only thing they care about. The only reason a lot of people are watching that game is because of that one guy, Dave Bing, you thought you would bag on. That is the type of shit that's going on with the Detroit Pistons. That's where we're at. That's the headline. It's not even Pistons lose. It's certainly not Pistons win. It's former Piston talks about how Pistons first overall pick, Cade Cunningham, isn't that good. And I'm supposed to like care. I'm supposed to want to do podcasts about them. I'm supposed to want to make TikToks about them. And now that I live in California too, and obviously the Lakers are good, the Warriors are good. Both teams have been for a few years now. Lakers ever since they got LeBron. And then obviously Kobe era, RIP, and everything else. But I'm saying recently, ever since they got LeBron, Golden State, ever since Steph, Clay, KD, Draymond, blah, 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 blah. They've been good for a while now as well. Living in a state where the NBA teams are good, where people do care about the NBA, like, and that's what I'm saying. It's not even people are living and dying with the Golden State score. They're not living and I mean, I'm sure they are, but the people I've met or I'm hanging out with, they're not living and dying with the Lakers score. But, but they like talking about the Lakers. They're interested. In the Lakers, they like to pay attention with what's going on with the Lakers and Golden State. They'll flip the gate. We were hanging out Friday night. Yeah, Golden State's on. Turn them on, dude. Nobody, nobody, no fucking buddy is sitting around in their apartment in Royal Oak waiting to go out Friday night going, let's flip on the Pistons game. Let's flip on literally every anything else or just fucking leave the TV off. That's the difference. Nobody at their lunch hour today is clicking on articles about the Detroit Pistons. Nobody. People are reading about the Lakers today. People are reading about the Warriors just because they're interesting. They like following along, even if you're not a huge basketball fan. That's all I want. 
I want to have enough interest, enough reason to be like, yeah, let's see. I don't know. Let's see what's going on. Are there any potential trades? How's this guy playing? What's going on? What's the vibe in the, I don't know. Just something dude, fucking something, a pulse, a pulse would be nice. And they don't have anything near that. The headline today, the story surrounding the team is how a former Pistons great doesn't think the first overall pick is anything special. That's where we're at as a fucking franchise. And I feel like an asshole because admittedly not the biggest NBA guy. I don't know a ton about the NBA. I'm no savant, right? I'm not Bill Simmons. I thought when we got Cade that day, when Cade Cunningham, when we won that lottery and then we went on to pick Cade that day, I kind of sat there and was like, all right, cool. The worst we're done with the worst of it. The worst is officially behind us. This is sweet. I, I thought that that's what I thought that day. That's, that's what I thought that symbolized. Okay. The worst is behind us. Yes. We'll be bad next year. Yeah. We'll probably be bad for a couple more years, but we'll be competitive bad. Like we'll win some games. We'll be in games. It's not going to be top three pick bad. We'll be like maybe a lottery team bad, but we're not going to be shoe in top three pick fucking roll over. Everybody kicks our ass bad. We're worse, dude. We're worse than we were last year. How does that happen? How does that happen? I thought we hit the darkest dark. I thought we were on the upswing. It was going to be gradual. It was going to take time. It was never going to be an overnight success. Nothing is. Nothing worth it is. I thought it would be better. I thought it would be an overnight incremental improvement by fucking 1%. (sighs) So fucking annoying, dude. Just like, just be remotely interesting. Like, 2% people care about you. Fucking anything. It's pathetic. Like, Detroit, dude. This is Detroit. You're the Detroit Pistons. And nobody cares about you. Do you know how hard that is to do? Like, the Chicago Bulls the last couple years after D Rose before, I mean, they're pretty good this year. And before this year, like, do you know how hard it is to be the Chicago bulls? And like, nobody fucking cares. Do you know how hard it is to be a franchise like the Detroit Pistons and nobody cares? Do you know how pathetic you have to be? Look at the New York Knicks, bro. Look at the New York Knicks last year and different. I mean, different animals completely. New York is a city, the Knicks for sure. But same idea as far as Knicks are an incredibly legendary brand. They've been a joke forever. The Knicks go 500 last year, sneak into the playoffs, and you would have thought the Knicks were the Showtime Lakers. You Listen to Madison Square Garden. You see their fans partying outside MSG after every game. They were like a 500 team last year, and you would have thought they hadn't lost a game, and they were on their way to the NBA Finals. They didn't even win a series in the playoffs. Like, we're never we're not the Knicks for sure. We're not that size, but it's that same idea. Like if you could produce that, like sneak into the playoffs, 500 interesting team. Do you know how hard it is to be the Detroit Pistons and nobody cares about you at all? Do you know how challenging that is? You give them an ounce of something to care about and people will. And you haven't been able to find that for 12 goddamn years, dude. I feel bad for fucking Cade, man. I feel bad for Cade because guess what? Being from Dallas, you've heard about the bad boys. You've, you know, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, all those dudes. 
you hear the Detroit Pistons, you like you were aware. You were aware. Oh, Pistons. Like that's a big time, that's a big time franchise. Like Celtics, Lakers, Knicks, Bulls, Pistons? Right? As I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are teams I'm forgetting, and I'm not saying I mean Golden State now, probably, but you're like iconic basketball brands, iconic franchises iconic cities really like basketball cities when i think of san francisco <laughs> i don't think of the basketball team i think of mark zuckerberg in a bottle of sweet baby ray's barbecue sauce when i think philadelphia i don't necessarily think 76ers right off the rip i guess i could see the basketball town right but like i think detroit i think pistons i think oh yeah yeah like they're they're sweet they're legendary kind of again not the knicks not the celtics not the lakers but like the pistons that means something they're not the atlanta hawks that's for sure right they're not the utah jazz they're not the sacramento kings like they're not 90 percent of the brands like they're different and you can't make them one percent interesting Cade probably thought oh fuck yeah dude the pistons detroit basketball city like Michigan State basketball culture, Michigan basketball culture, a ton of NBA dudes come from the state of Michigan. Like, the, it'll be sweet playing in Detroit. Oh, little did you know, Cade, um, nobody around you has any clue what the word success means. Like, imagine how upset he is. That dude's not a loser. And he said it. He said it, I think it was last night. He was like, yeah, you know, I get it. We're young and we're battling, but like, this losing thing's not going to fly. Like I'm, I'm tired of losing already. This guy's played what, what are they four and 21? And he's played like 15, 20 games. He's already given quotes. He's, he's already given quotes about I'm tired of losing. That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. And when you think about the fact the guy's in charge of making sure Cade Cunningham doesn't walk into the office someday saying, you know what? Um, Thanks, guys, for drafting me. I'm tired of losing. Fucking trade me somewhere where they know what they're doing. The guys responsible for managing Cade and keeping him happy, they also have never once come close to doing the right thing and turning this into a successful organization. So we have that to look forward to. I'm so fed up with the Pistons. Like, that's how you know I'm fed up, too, is I don't really care about the Pistons, which, again, how could anybody? I don't even understand the biggest basketball fans in the world, like you really watch the, how do you do it, dude? You just decide, you know what? I'm going to be unhappy tonight. I'm going to do something boring and watch the Pistons. Like, I don't understand how people do it. I don't really care about the Pistons and I'm still fed up with their disgracefulness. It's so fucking pathetic. Like this is Detroit, dude. You're the Detroit Pistons. Figure it the fuck out. Quick break. God damn it. Quick break. Um, and we'll talk, we'll do a little bit of the Lions game. They lost to the Broncos Sunday. It, I mean, what'd you expect? Fucking everybody was sick. And then I'm still going to hold off on the college football stuff. Red Wings will save for Thursday. Maybe a little Michigan, Michigan State basketball. Quick break. Lions lose in Denver to the Broncos. And this is as it as much of a what did you expect as it gets. I mean, what did you expect? What did you expect if the Lions had a full roster? You just got the win. 
right? That is the Super Bowl at home. Now you got to fly across the country to Denver. The air's a little thinner. I don't don't know how much of a role that plays, but we always see those guys with the gas masks. Everybody's bane all of a sudden. You fly across the country. Denver, they're not great, but they're the fucking Broncos. They always seem to be good. They're like 500 this year. Teddy Two Gloves can take it to you. Alliteration. What did you expect with a full roster? This team hasn't been able to beat anybody until last week with a full roster. You get the emotional high. You have the win. You kind of feel like, all right, we did it. Our work here is done. You thought they were going to fly across the country and win again back-to-back weeks in Denver. And then on top of all of that, you consider the fact that fucking anybody with a pulse was out this week. They either had the flu, they either had COVID. If they didn't have the flu or they had COVID and they were somewhat of a competent player for the Lions this year, they got their ACL taken out in the first quarter. Shout out Jerry Jacobs. Um, I hope he's doing all right. I saw some sad fucking tweets from him yesterday that blows young guy kind of a a great story like out of nowhere type guy slept on type guy he's been good for the cats this year his acl um i'm not a doctor but i i think it's safe to say his acl exploded into a thousand fucking pieces on that hit i mean it was ugly ugly like i hope he's able to walk again like we're talking i'll return to the nfl no one will come back stronger than you dog I hope someone, I hope he comes back strong enough to walk. Forget playing for the Lions again. Like that looked fucked up. So it was not a good day. Not a good day for Detroit. I mean, what did you expect? Honestly, honestly, that's all you can really say. They lost the game. Denver's the better team. They had the better roster. And then when you reduce Detroit to a, listen, (laughs) listen, Detroit's NFL roster fucking blows. Okay. When you reduce them to a practice squad roster, you think it's going to get better? I promise you it won't. I promise you it doesn't. I promise you it gets worse. They can't beat NFL teams with their NFL team. They sure as fuck won't beat NFL teams with their practice team. That's what happens. They lost. It's whatever. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. We got our win. If you're a Lions fan at this point, the mentality has to be, We got our win. Like, sure, I'm as much as anybody. As much as anyone, I'm a winning's more fun than losing guy. I can't turn the Lions on and sit there going, yes, intercept. We threw an interception. Yes. Yes, Denver just scored again. I can't do that. It's just physically – like, if I'm going to do that, if we're – and we are absolutely at that point. We've been past that point. But if we are at that point, like, I'd rather just not even watch the game. I'd rather just – Whatever, dude. Like, I'll fucking, we'll watch Red Zone. Whatever. I don't want to watch it. I can't get myself to root actively for a loss. But that's where we're at with the Lions. I mean, we got the win, right? That was, it was a great time last week. And I don't know if that's a little bit of the reason I'm still kind of like, whatever. Who, yeah, who gives a shit? Lollipops and rainbows. I think I still am buzzing a little bit off the win last week just because it was like, (laughs) <laughs> it truly felt like a miracle winning one game. It, tr- it truly felt like winning the Super Bowl winning one game. So now it's like nothing can hurt me. <laughs> we got our win. Nothing can hurt me. I'm invincible. That's kind of how I am. That's how I'm feeling. That's the mentality. And we do need to lose these games. Like we need to, we need to still keep in mind the ultimate goal now, which is secure the number one pick. Jacksonville stinks. Jacksonville's really fucking bad. Like, They're close behind. They are 
close behind. If we accidentally win another game, we're going to be in some trouble. So now the goal is the priority. Make sure we lose enough to get that number one pick. There is no lollygagging. There is no, oh, it'd be cool to win one more. Get the number one pick. If Jacksonville wins again, all right, fine. Go ahead, winning it. Get the number one pick. That's it. That's it. That's the that's it. That's the only reason anybody should even be remotely concerned with the Lions. That's the only reason anybody should pay any attention. We we still on we're still good for the number one pick. All right, bet. All right, cool, 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 cool. I don't I don't want to hear about winning. I don't want to hear, oh, our second Super Bowl. Fuck that. Number one pick, we're still good. All right, cool. That's it. That's all I wanted to know. All right, see ya. Um, I'm gonna turn on Seinfeld. That's where we're at with the Lions. You couldn't expect them to win yesterday, even if you wanted to. Even if you're the hardest Lions fan, I don't want that number one pick. I want to see my boys win games. There's no chance. There was no chance. And you know what's kind of amazing? Is it still felt like they played pretty hard. It still felt like they wanted to win. Like the guys out there were doing everything they could to win. It felt like, which is truly incredible, It felt like not only did they want to win, not only did they play hard and play like they wanted to win, those guys out there looked like they believed they could win. They played like they thought they were going to win. They played like fucking Denver, dude. All right. Let's win. We're we're better than Denver. Let's win this game. Which that, that was my favorite part about it. They still ended up getting their ass beat. The game was kind of close. It was competitive, and then they still ended up getting their asses kicked, which it is what it is. But the fact that they were ever at that point, they ever gave off the vibes of, these guys look like they fucking don't know that they're 1-10. in These guys don't look like they know they're the worst team in the NFL. These guys don't look like they know everybody on the team's a practice squad player. Like, they looked like they thought they were on the fucking 18-0 pats. Like, let's go in here. Let's beat these guys. Let's dominate these guys. Let's outplay these guys, out-hustle, and go home to Detroit with a dub. That was beautiful to watch. Now, fortunately and predictably, it didn't work out. But like I said last week, my big takeaway from the win last week, great to win. Very fun to win. Winning's better than losing. The fans were rewarded. I'm happy it was in Detroit, all that shit. But the big takeaway for me last week was, again, the fact that Dan Campbell somehow has these guys going. Like, it is being an 0-9 or 0-10, whatever they were before Minnesota last week, being an 0-10 team, like, I don't think enough people understand how draining that shit is. How fucking demoralizing it is to lose constantly. And you know what? It's demoralizing in anything, sports, any other sport, life, whatever you're doing. If shit just doesn't go your way, it can take a toll. There is no more, especially in the sports world, no sport is more demoralizing than football because not only are you losing, you're getting physically dominated. You are getting physically abused. You are getting bullied. You are getting pushed around. You are being told what to do. You are being forced into a direct, like you are getting manhandled. You're not just losing. You're getting physically, mentally dominated. It makes it that much worse. Like I said, I was on a high school team. We weren't very good. (laughs) Lost the, you know, healthy number of games. We'd go on like a four, five, six, seven, whatever. Who's keeping track? Game losing streak. You don't like you don't want to go to practice. When you're 0 and 4, forget being 0 and 10, dude. When you're 0 and 4 and Monday comes around and it's time to go to practice, 
you don't want to be there. Your friends don't want to be there. Your teammates don't want to be there. Coaches probably don't want to be there. Like, oh, and four, this season's over. We're not doing shit. Why am I fucking here? My friends are going off and they're going to go hang out and play video games, play Super Smash Brothers. And I got to go to practice just so we can get our asses kicked for the fifth week in a row. These guys are paid. They're professionals for sure. But you, I, I promise you that sneaks in. I want to go hang out with my family. I just had a kid. I want to go do this. I'm a rich dude with money. I'm a young athlete with money. I want to go do this and this and this. Bro, I don't want to go. We're 0-8. I don't want to go to fucking practice today just so we can roll up and get smashed again Sunday. The fact that he had those guys playing in Minnesota was amazing to me. And then after that emotional victory, after you feel like you've climbed the mountaintop, like we did it. We won our Super Bowl. We accomplished our goals, which is so so funny and fucking sad to sit here and, and talk about wanting, winning one regular season game. Is like, we did it, guys. We're here. We made it. So fucking sad. But it's the reality. It's the life of a Detroit Lions fan. The fact that that happened and they climbed the mountaintop, you hit the emotional high, and now you got to come back to work like, Still, you're one in 10. This game against Denver doesn't mean anything. If you win, it means nothing. Like, they all know that. You got to come back to work. You got to hit a week of practice. And now, all a bunch of your guys are sick. Now, you're not only do you stink, you're playing shorthanded. And you still fly across the country to Denver and give them a fight. You look like you want to be there. You look like you're busting your ass. The ability... And you know what? A lot of credit to the players, too, because ultimately they're the guys that have to go out there and fucking play their asses off. But the ability of Dan Campbell, I don't know what he's doing, what he's saying in the locker room, what like how he's doing it, but his ability to still get these guys to come off that emotional win, fly to Denver, short-staffed as fuck, and still go out there and look like they had everything in front of them, look like their season was riding on that game. Yes, they lost. At the end of the day, talent, you know, it's tough to overcome the talent deficit. But, geez, Dan Campbell getting those guys to look like they wanted to be there again is fucking insane, dude. It's so difficult to do that. And even more so, off that win where it's easier. It's easier than ever. You got the one win out of the way. No one expects you to win in Denver. It's so easy to just go to there and roll over and go through the motions, hang out for three hours at mile high and fly back home. It's so easy to do that. And he still has these guys battling. He still has these guys looking like a team that believes in something. I don't know what they believe in, if it's themselves. and I don't know if they somehow believe they got a shot at the playoffs. Like, I don't know what he's got them believing in. I don't know if they've gotten real religious, but they're believing in something, and it's fucking miraculous that they that they look the way that they do. That was the nice takeaway. Because you know what? They were always going to get smashed Sunday. You're not going in there with your normal team and winning. You're sure as fuck not going in there with the practice squad and winning, right? It's impressive that they even looked like they they thought that they stood a chance. As far as the rest of the season, I mean, I feel like we've covered it. It is what it is. Like, fucking give me the click remote, dude. Let me fast forward. And you know what? That whole movie revolves around he ends up fast forwarding parts of his life that he took for granted. And then he goes back at the end. And he's like, no, I fast forwarded everything. 
if I had to fast forward the last four games of every Lions season for the rest of my life, I don't even know if I'd miss anything. Adam Sandler in that movie starts regretting it because he's missing people getting married, misses his kids growing up. He misses this. He misses that. Dude, I don't think I'd miss Jack shite if I just fast forward to the last month of every Lions season until I died. I don't think I'd miss anything. But that's where we're at. Get me to April. Let's talk some draft stuff. Let's take a fucking menace pass rusher. Okay. Let's take everybody that plays defense. Okay. Maybe make a trade. We'll see. I would. I don't think taking a quarterback with a high pick is necessarily the move. Wouldn't, wouldn't hate taking a flyer on someone in like the third or fourth round. Like Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, late round pick. I don't know where Tannehill went. I don't think he was a high pick. There are guys that play in the NFL that do the job that weren't the first overall pick. Wouldn't hate taking a QB with a flyer in third, fourth, fifth round, something like that. And let's get to next year. Let's wipe the slate clean. I know they'll probably be bad again next year, but at least get me to that point where it's August, we're 0-0, and for some stupid fucking reason that'll never make sense, I'm sitting here talking about, I don't know, the Lions might be pretty good this year, like a goddamn fool. Just get me to that point. That's that's where the season's at. These games don't matter. Let's watch some playoff football. Let's enjoy, let's enjoy the teams and the franchises that do it right. Let's appreciate them. Let's dream. Let's go to sleep at night like little children, counting sheep, jumping over the fence, and thinking about maybe one day, maybe one day the Detroit Lions will look like the Bucks. Maybe one day we'll look like the Patriots. Let's go to sleep with those fantasies and illusions. Wake up in April, take Aiden Hutchinson or Thibodeau, go back to sleep, wake up in August, talk ourselves into why they won't be a joke this year, and rinse and repeat the fucking cycle again. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. No more winning games, right? There's nothing to dissect, no games to look forward to. Will they do this this week? Let's make sure DeAndre Swift doesn't ruin his career. And let's get to the let's get to next season. I mean, what else is there to say? No, there's no chance. You could be the biggest Lions fan alive. There's no chance. You're fucking pumped up for week 13 or week 14. There's not a chance that that's possible. So let's get to next season. Another quick break. We'll do some Big Ten hoops. Is Michigan State just going to fuck around and win the Big Ten again? Is that where we're at right now? It feels like it. Listen, Purdue, all anybody talked about. Purdue, Purdue, Purdue. Purdue, they might not be the real deal. That number one ranking might be getting to their heads. Jaden Ivey is a absolute monster. I do think Purdue probably still wins. I mean, they're absolutely going to be there. But they're like losing to teams that they shouldn't be losing to. Michigan can't beat anyone. Forget them. Michigan, it's not even, are they going to win the Big Ten? Dude, is Michigan going to, are we, NIT, are they going to make it? Juwan Howard, coach of the year, elite eight, back-to-back elite eights on the table, one in the one in the March Madness tournament, one in the NIT, if they can qualify. Michigan can't beat anybody. Nobody makes shots for Michigan. Hunter Dickinson just gets doubled and everybody else is a dead fucking fish. Michigan isn't good. Michigan isn't good is where we're at. Purdue, I think, speed bump, they're going to be there. Illinois, I think, will be there. Michigan, all of a sudden, a team that it was – Ooh, they're going to give Purdue a run for their money. They're going to be one of the top three. They're going to be up there competing. And sure, 
it might change. But as of right now, um, they're not good. They got kind of beat up by Minnesota at home, a Minnesota team that MSU just manhandled. And it's funny. I I said before the season started, I was excited to see what MSU looked like this year in a season where MSU's kind of slept on in a season where between Michigan and Michigan state roles are a bit reversed. Now, not to say Michigan has had under hype teams. Michigan's been good the last few years, every season coming in, it's Michigan's going to be good. There haven't been a Michigan's going to be kind of trash this year and they overachieve heavily. They've had hype, right? They've supposed to have been good. And MSU, same deal. Not too long ago, the number one preseason ranking. Last year, they were supposed to be much better than they were. This year, for the first time, really in my lifetime, it feels like, eh, they'll be okay. Eh, we'll see. They might be middle of the Big Ten. Eh, I don't know. Eh, it's going to be Purdue. It's going to be Michigan. It's going to be Illinois. I don't know if MSU will be there, even though MSU has run the Big Ten for 25 years. For the first time, really, the sights have been taken off Michigan State. The target isn't on the back. We aren't the Super Bowl team. I think still in a way because of the brand, because of Michigan State, a little bit of the Super Bowl team, like everybody wants to beat you. They know what you symbolize. They know what you are. But for the first time, there is no national hype. There was no, this is Michigan State. This is Tom Izzo's best team ever. None of that. There is no generational recruit. Max Christie was real high, but he's no Miles Bridges. He's not Jaron Jackson. If they had gotten Imani Bates, he's not Imani Bates. They don't have the bona fide superstar like they had with Cassius Winston for four years. Like they don't have that thing to point to and be like, uh, this is why MS it's MSU's year. This is why they'll win the Big Ten. This is why they're making a deep run in March. This is why this is Izzo's best team. For the first time ever, really, it feels like they don't have that. It feels like they don't even have that to the point of this is why they'll be real good. This is why they're gonna win a lot of games. Coming into the season, people, nobody picked Michigan State to compete for the Big Ten. Nobody picked us to potentially sneak in over Purdue or over Michigan or over Illinois. Now, I don't want to sit here and act like people were saying, oh, Michigan State's going to be fucking terrible because that wasn't the case either. But typically, year in, year out, MSU, you talk about who are the top three teams. Michigan State's getting talked about. They're one of the first teams out. They've got reason X, Y, Z, why they're going to be good. They got this guy coming back. They added this guy. Tom Izzo's going to do this. Year after year, Michigan State's got reasons. Michigan State gets talked about. Not the case this year. On the flip side, Michigan, number six, I think it was in the preseason poll, this guy's coming back. Hunter Dickinson, Eli Brooks, they're adding these five-star freshmen. Juwan Howard's in a second. Like, this, 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 all these different reasons why Michigan is going to be the team to beat, why it's Michigan's year, why this is Juwan Howard's best team yet, why the sky's the limit for this team. The roles had been reversed coming into this season, and now we're two two games into the Big Ten. Michigan does not look good. Michigan does not look good at all. They can't shoot. They're losing to teams similar to Purdue, although, again, I, I think Purdue will be just fine. They're losing to teams they should not lose to. Like Minnesota, Michigan State manhandled Minnesota at Minnesota's place. And then Minnesota dominates. I love Michigan State's odds this year, though. I love the fact that this isn't one of those teams, right? Like we saw that year where Cassius came back, Miles came back, they added Jaron Langford. 
and they were the preseason number one, it was, it's Izzo's second. This is Izzo's second. It's championship or bust. And they kind of shat the bed, right? That team was pretty underwhelming. That team had all of the hype, all of the expectations, every single fucking reason why they were going to be great, why they were going to be Izzo's team. Like, every expectation and every reason to be great almost got in the way of them being great. And not every season is it, this is Izzo's team. Like this is the one that wins the next one. Not every season is that the hype, but every season there is a reason to pointing out this team wins the big 10. This team does this, that this team can like any year we had Cassius. Boom. There's a reason there. That's all you need. And then whatever other reasons are just icing. Last year, it was we're adding this transfer, Joey Hauser. Rocket Watts is going to take a step. Aaron Henry's going to be a man possessed. Gabe Brown's going to take, like, there's reason, 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 reason. Again, last year's team isn't that Miles, Cassius, Jaron team, but last year's team was like, this team can make a run. They can win the Big Ten. Every year, there's reasons. There's players coming back. There's new guys. There's reasons to point and say, this is why they're going to win the Big Ten. This is why they have the chance to do whatever. This season, there was none of that. It was, yeah, they'll be pretty good, but they're not going to win the Big Ten. They don't have this. That's why they won't win the Big Ten. They don't have enough experience at the point guard position. That's why they won't win the Big Ten. They aren't deep enough in the front court. That's why they won't. There was reasons why we wouldn't. There was reasons why we wouldn't. And I was excited before the season started to just watch a Michigan State basketball season for truly what feels like the first time in my life where they don't have all of the expectation, where they aren't expected to be great, where they're not going to be talked about week in and week out, game in and game out. We're a season where, listen, you can just be Michigan State. You don't have to listen to the outside noise. You'll be the underdog a little bit if that's, you know, if that's possible. Tom Izzo, you can just coach under the radar. There's not going to be media surrounding your players. You just coach. You guys play everyone's counting you out. So let's fucking see it. So let's fucking see it. I was pumped up for that. And each game these guys play, they get better. Marcus Bingham is a force in the low post. He finally is that guy we've been waiting for, for four years. And you know what? I was starting to get to that point where last season, where it was like, we talk about every season, oh, his potential. He's so long. He's a shot blocker. If he could just add a little bit of weight, he's been adding weight every offseason. Oh, he can shoot, but once they start falling, like we've kept making him excuses where it's like, if he just does this, he'll be incredible. If he just does this, he'll be great. Oh, he's so close. He just needs this. And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, it feels like Bingham has figured it out. And he's a monster. He's a monster on the glass. He's a monster protecting the rim. He's a monster in the low post. He started to hit some threes. Marcus Bingham has finally evolved into what Tom Izzo saw when he brought him here, to what we've seen, the potential we've known was there, just couldn't quite realize. He's been incredible. Tyson Walker, another dude. Another reason why Michigan State wasn't going to be good. Oh, too heavily relying on Tyson Walker. If Tyson Walker's not great, forget about it. Ah, Tyson Walker. Yeah, he was good at Eastern, Eastern wherever he was, Eastern Washington or some shit. I don't know if that translates. Ah, he's got to learn the system. Mm, this, that, the other thing. Tyson Walker, the last three, four games, has become exactly 
what we need. Exactly, I would imagine what Tom Izzo thought. He finally has realized, oh, wait a second, I'm faster than everybody here. Oh, wait a second, I'm nasty from behind the arc. So if they go under the screen, three, if they go over the screen, I'm around and it's either a layup or an assist. He's become the exact guy that not only Michigan State missed last year, the reason we couldn't do anything last year is because the point guard play was fucking pathetic. He's become that exact guy we needed to fill the hole, and he's become the exact guy Tom Izzo thought he would be. There's a reason Tom Izzo targeted him and was like, okay, we need a point guard. We need someone to figure it out. This Tyson Walker kid, he'll be the guy. This is the guy. He can do it. I know, I know he can do it. And I know when he does it, it's going to be fucking nasty. And he started to figure it out. I don't know. It felt like Tyson was kind of timid the first few games of the season, whether it was, I don't know if he like didn't want to be that guy taking too many shots, trying to do too much. I don't know if he wasn't as confident in himself or how well he knew the offense, whatever. But all of a sudden, he looks like he's in control. He looks like he knows that he can just take games over, whether it's passing, shooting, getting to the rim on his own. He looks like he knows he's in control of the offense and he's in control of the defense and he can do whatever he wants. He's been incredible. He's exactly what Michigan State, exactly what Michigan State needed. They're going to need his play to continue if they truly do want to compete for the Big Ten. But if he plays like that, if Bingham plays the way he plays, Gabe Brown has finally another dude we always talk about if he takes that step, if he takes that step, if he takes that step. He looks like he finally has (laughs) taken the step. And what I mean, like Gabe's had some good seasons. Gabe's had some good games. Like he'll give you the 16, but it felt like, oh, he'll give you the 16 and then the next night he gives you six. He'll give you 20. Next night, he gives you five. Like, he just couldn't be that guy. He could show you flashes. He couldn't be that guy. All of a sudden, every night, feels like Gabe's getting 15. Every night, it feels like. He rebounds. He's long. He plays good defense. And he hits threes. Feels like he gets 15 every night now. We've been waiting for that guy. Take a little pressure off Tyson, right? Take a little pressure off Hogart if he's in at the one. He can be that guy. Malik Hall, another guy. We've seen flashes. We've seen him give the games where he gets 20, and you're like, dude, why doesn't he do this more? Like, this guy is fucking sweet. Why doesn't he do this more? All of a sudden, he is a guy, oh, Malik's got 15 again. Malik's got 16 again. Malik's got 20 again. He's a guy. Give the ball to him. He'll figure out ways to score. And tell, I'll tell you this. They've been better every game they've played. Every time I watch them more and more, I'm like, these guys are fucking – for real they play good defense they rebound they're good offensively the half court looks a trillion times better ever since Tyson Walker kind of got aggressive with it once Max Christie starts making shots because that's the one thing if you could point one hole out in this team it's mm, at the shooting guard position like Max fine on defense he busts his ass another dude that's just lanky and bothers a lot of shots he's just been missing when he starts hitting shots this team is scary, scary. This te- That's like Final Four. Max Christie starts hitting open shots, Final Four. Because that's the only thing you can complain about right now. Bingham's been great in the post. Gabe Brown's been incredible on the wing. Tyson Walker's been fucking awesome. Malik Hall's been incredible at the four, scoring, assisting, rebounding. The only doubt, ah, man, Max Christie. Like, he's been good on defense, just can't quite 
figure it out offensively. And you see him. He gets open shots. Tyson Walker dishes it to him, open shot. Like a shot where you want him taking that shot. We got our best shooter or what should be our best shooter, our shooting guard wide open for a three. That's a great offensive set. And he's just missing. Once Max Christie starts hitting those and his confidence, much like Walker starts to go up where maybe he puts it on the floor a little more. Maybe he takes it himself a little more. When that happens, final four team. That's the ceiling. I truly believe it. Everybody defends. And then now Hogard, he's a second year guy. He needs to fucking clean up the turnovers. But he can make plays. He can run the offense. If he takes care of the ball, he can run the offense. He can make the reads, make the passes. Jaden Akins, energy guy, incredible off the bench. Maybe the unsung hero of the team to this point. Hauser, you know, baby steps, <laughs> baby steps. Suzoko can give some minutes. Like the only weakness in this team right now is the fact that Max Christie isn't really hitting shots. And yes. At the time of recording this, this polls came out and they're ranked 12 in the nation. So they are starting to get back to that point. They got the high number by their name. Teams are like, oh, shit, Michigan State. Like, they're trying to do this, this, and this this year. They're trying to win the Big Ten, 12th ranked team in the country. Like, it's not, oh, oh, Michigan State. We should, we're not some bum team by any means. But the preseason expectation was different this year than it has been. We're starting to get back to that point. People starting to take notice. If you watch this team, against Minnesota. You watch this team against Penn State the other day. They're fucking good. They're fucking good. That's the best way to put it. And they seem to just keep getting better. It's going to happen. They're going to have the bad loss, right? They're going to lose at home or lose to the team that stinks. Nobody will make a shot, whatever. That game's going to, it's fucking college basketball. It happens every year. But right now, this team, the way they're trending, the players, the, the specific players that are coming on, to get us to the point of like taking notice. I really like this team. I have very high hopes for this team. Whatever my, I still tournament. We'll see if we can make a run. And even though the expectations weren't super high coming in, it's like compete for the big 10. I mean, it's Michigan state. The expectation is never going to be, yeah, let's go eight and eight in the big 10. No compete for the big 10. This team, dude, the ceiling Saying a natty seems a little high right now, but once Max Christie, he will start making shots. He will start making shots. Once that happens, maybe Jaden Akins comes along a little even further, as great as he's been. He has a little bit more of a pronounced role. If Hauser can figure it out or Tom Izzo, if Hauser can't, and Tom Izzo figures out the rotation to get someone in there and play those minutes that can, sky's the limit. The sky's limit. This team's fucking for real, dude. I like this team. Michigan, on the other hand, eesh, it's tough. I can't comment on them as much because I don't watch it. Like, I'll throw them on if they're on and nothing. there's nothing else going on. But, like, I don't sit down and watch Michigan basketball. I sit down and watch every time State plays. Michigan, I don't sit. Mich- I just see the box score. Oh, you guys lost at home to Minnesota? <laughs> I can't be good. Can't be fucking good. I go on Twitter. Everyone's like, that's a bad loss. That's a bad loss. Real shame, dude. Jawan Howard just signed that extension. Four losses. Four losses since he signed that extension. Oof. Oof. I know the people that weren't trying to clown Mel Tucker for signing the extension. I know they're not rooting on Jawan for losing four times. Four. Four times to teams you shouldn't lose to. Nonetheless, 
maybe Arizona, but other than them, four times. Oh, Juwan, that's not looking so good. Ward Manuel rethinking that contract? Listen, in seriousness, I'd imagine Michigan figures it out. They have a ton of good players. They have a ton of talent. You would think they'll figure it out, but dude, like the way MSU is trending, the way MSU is every time I watch them, I'm like, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4, better, better, better. Tyson Walker, better, better, better. Bingham, better, better, better. The way that's happening, Michigan, total opposite. Michigan, every time they play, it's like, yikes, yikes, yikes. Like, are they, this is, we're, are they going to compete for the Big Ten? Are we going to be a 500 team? Like, is that it now? This team, I don't know. I need to just sit down and watch the next Michigan basketball game so I can see it for myself. I know their shooting's an issue. I know the point guard plays an issue. I know Dickinson gets doubled every single time he sniffs the basketball and nobody can pick up the slack. I know that's an issue. It seems like a lot of shit just isn't going right. And some of that, I'm sure, shots fall. When they do, you'll play better. It'll be better. But, dude, this early in the season, and it is very early, but the momentum they have and the trend they're taking, yikes. All right, that's all I got today, folks. Appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate the support. Appreciate everyone who shares and and helps to grow this, um, I don't know, this account, the brand, the podcast, whatever you want to call it. I really do. I got, we'll do second string podcast tomorrow, back here on Thursday, second string again on Friday. I don't know what we'll do for Thursday's episode. Maybe a little football, maybe a little college football. We'll see. Big recruiting week, the 15th is signing day. So we'll probably do some recruiting, maybe a recruiting episode Thursday. I don't know yet. And the meantime, hope you have a great week, right? Positive vibes only. Attitude is everything. As they say, great day to be alive. Talk to you guys here on Thursday.